the, the road in outside Finland is, is similar like it was in Finland at the very beginning. When you start, uh, start with uh, no references, uh, no existing customers, and uh, no uh, like publicity or not, not a very well known, not a brand that anyone knows. Uh, so it is in that sense it is similar. Where it is very different, on the other hand, is that it is lower in outside Finland. Even though I think it should be, because of course may feel like it should be, since we already have reference, we have a global companies that uh, that people know uh, that use our services. So we have public references, but still somehow I'd, I'd say that it is way uh, slower to start outside Finland. This is a Scale with Sales podcast. Today we're speaking with Mervy from Auntie. She's going to be talking about Auntie's growth, how they utilized conferences and seminars, and how to use your clients in Finland to open doors to different international markets. Welcome to Scale with Sales. Today we have Mervi Lamminen from Onti here with us. Nice to see you. Hello Rasmus, nice to see you too and happy to be here. All right. So you were in the Euroscalers a couple of years back and you have had a tremendous journey since then. I think when you around the time towards the end of the program you got funding, uh, some nice funding for you guys. And then um yeah, since then you you've been very busy. <laughs> so, uh, so I would love to hear for the audience who are you and what is Auntie, and tell us a little bit story quickly how you got started, and then we're going to get to talk about sales. All right, uh, quickly. I'm not sure if I can do that quickly, but let's try. Yes. Yeah, so my name is Mary Laminen. My uh, educational background is is in economics. Uh, my background is in IT business, but I've always uh, been. Uh, dreaming about founding a company. Never uh, had the courage to do that until 10 years ago when I decided that it's now or never. Auntie is not my first company, but my second, basically. The thing that led to me to found exactly Auntie is that I got a burnout at my work when I was working as a head of the, uh, division in one growth company. Even though I loved my work, it, it got to be way too much at some point. And, and I didn't realize that until it was too late. I've been always interested in, in mental well-being, mental issues, how to help people, why some people have more resilience than others. Onti is, uh, was founded seven years ago. Actually, officially, we're going to be seven in the 1st of January uh, next year. But uh, from my point of view, I started working with Onti very much seven years ago. And it's been quite a journey. I always say that if somebody would have told me all the things that are, are ahead of me, I would have never started it. But I'm lucky that no one did. Uh, what, what we do at Onti, we help people to feel better. We provide psychological support uh, for them to cope with burnout issues before they actually become issues. And you do this by, you have quite a big staff, so I guess you have some technical solutions, but a, a part of this so is technical solutions and the service of uh, talking with uh, professionals as well. Do I understand yes. that correctly? Currently, Onti is a team of 75 people working in sales and business development. On top of that, we have a network of Onti professionals, and that's uh, 
approximately 110, 20 uh, people around the world speaking more than 20 languages, helping people face-to-face -face or online, but one-to-one -one sessions. So basically, if you if you would take on the package on the service, what you would get is, for example, stressed out or sleepless in Seattle or lost in transition. So we have these uh, concepts, ready-made packages for most common issues at work. And, and what the end user, what the person gets is uh, five sessions with our professionals with a structure and a task. I th that's a quite good. I guess that me as, a, <clears throat> as an entrepreneur, if I would notice that one of my employees, like this is not going the way it needs to go. And even if like my coaching, I notice is not enough, it's still going the wrong direction. And, or, you know, or maybe my own behavior is also part of this problem, but I could then at least start it with like, here's a good package. This is what you need. You have, you have been, you have been complaining that you're not sleeping correctly and we're not getting this to work. So like, maybe like, let's try with this. And then you can address, we can address this before the person says, like, listen, I can't work anymore. Like I'm out for, you know, three months or more, who knows? So I think that sounds really good. All right. But that's it. We're not here too much to talk about the product, but we want to talk about how to get this out to the world. So would you tell me? You are now international, you have 20 different languages. So what were the first things that you tried to do when you started uh, really selling uh, Auntie? And what mistakes did you do and or and what successes have you found? Well, if I go all the way back uh, to the start, uh, my dream was to, to do a global startup. I wanted to help people outside Finland as well. Someone could call it mistakes. Maybe I'd rather talk about lessons that I learned at the beginning. I actually, we got the support from Business Finland to export our service. Now, when I look back, that was definitely not the time to try to export, the, try to go outside Finland. We, we hardly have a single customer in Finland. Okay. So that is, uh, yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Now, uh, now it seems bizarre, uh, but uh, bizarre, but that's uh, at that time. It made sense because we wanted to go global. Uh, so, but that was a huge mistake. Even though it may sound boring to some people who would rather be working outside Finland or go abroad, you do have to make it work in your own country first. Why is that? Because, I mean, I think I agree with you. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. But what, what do you think from your perspective that is so hard to uh, expand abroad without having a solid base at home? But when you are in your own, own country... People are like maybe trying to help you that, hey, you are from Finland and, and you, you're from here. You want to support new entrepreneur, you know, support this new company. But when you leave Finland, they're not there to support you. <laughs> they're there to buy products and services that already work. And there's no extra value in, in being from Finland or being from anywhere else. Uh, that's I think that's one of the first reasons. Then it is because I think startups, they need customers, uh, that there's like plenty of customers. So you need publicity. You need some media attention because otherwise you just be cold calling. And then, mm. uh, that is way easier to get in Finland. Like it's not that if you think about Finnish newspapers, how often do they share stories about uh, entrepreneurs from Uganda or from Italy? Hardly yeah. ever. They say stories of Finnish entrepreneurs. So it is easier to get the attention, interest in, in Finland. Uh, it is, or in, in your own country, 
you are treated with silk gloves, they, they can accept that hey, the product is not ready. But all that changes when you go outside Finland. So they, to sum this up, if you want to go abroad, you need to have like, yeah, this works. We have so and so many clients in Finland. We have, you know, worked through all the kind of child diseases that this uh, concept has. Yeah. And now it's ready for, you know, we can we can sell you a ready product that works and that and I can prove works. Yeah. Uh, but in Finland, you can use your uh, people. There are people who are willing to like, yeah, we want to try this. I know it's not ready, but we can do it. But yeah. as, when you go abroad, they will not trust you enough or they don't care usually yeah. for that. It's hard to find who would care, I guess, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the language is, uh, since it is easier, I don't know, maybe it's easier to be more convincing in your own mother tongue that, hey, uh, please uh, give this try, and if you don't like it, you stop it. But when you go to use companies like Coca-Cola or Zalando or whatever outside Finland, uh, and you don't even speak the same language as they do, so they're not trying to take the risk that, hey, what, what, what does this turn out to be like well so so you first you try to go a little bit abroad before selling in finland that didn't really work then you then you changed your uh, angle i guess and got back to finland as a market yeah uh, what type of strategy worked in finland in order to get the customers on board i'd like to say the first 10 20 customers uh well we are lucky in a sense that uh our product is is really good and it gets good results so it's our people started talking to each other about the product, that, hey, uh, there is this kind of a service available. So that helped a lot. And then we got, uh, like, uh, public references, so we could show in our web pages that, hey, for example, VTT is our customer, Lähitapala uh, is our customer. So that helped a lot. I As soon as I had any money in a, in a company's bank account, I started going to different HR events. That was before COVID. So those turn out to be really good places. So I think that was the first steps that I started going to different kind of events to, to maximize the people that I could meet since I was doing the sales by myself at that point. Well, that sounds uh, logical that they would buy in the HR events. Um, but how come you are like, if I just look at it from the outside with the little cynical glasses and you are in an HR event, of course, there are other like psychologists and workplace, uh, you know, well-being activities there. What made you stand out to convince them to buy from you instead of just buying from what anybody else has? I guess we should ask our customers. But <clears throat> what I uh, think or what was one of my biggest drivers at the, at the, at the beginning also still is to take stigma away from uh, mental health services. So we did the concept and, and the, the brand also to, to be as approachable as possible. So I think uh, we, st- we stood out or we still stand out. We are yeah. different. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, we look different. Uh, we are easier to buy. We, we have the packages and, and uh, ease to use. So low threshold and, and removing stigma were the like, key things that, that we're putting our effort in. Well, I can think from my perspective as an outsider, when you have those who, who can't see, Mervi has a really bright yellow mm-hmm. uh, hoodie. That's their thing. And their their branding is much more 
actually friendly slash like SaaS like you can say yeah there you go that's the logo as well that she's showing it's uh it looks like an you know like an aunt <laughs> she has the glasses and the the hair and looking like a little bit of older lady but somebody you could trust and, and talk to so no but the, the branding is more up and fresh and friendly but and it feels easier and uh, you if you compare with others they they might want to feel serious or sincere but of course you are but you have more like you know let's get this that we can you know let's get this done it, I get this. That's the more feeling of the brand that you're using. So I can absolutely see how you give off a different vibe. And if I'm going to buy your services, like nobody, well, very few wants to be known as like, well, you're, you know, you are have this mental illness, you can't sleep, so you are like, uh, you're a broken human. And uh, if if I want to buy this service to my company, maybe I don't want that to, I don't want to have to do with that. But if you make it feel like, you know, this is just a way to make people. Uh, you know, it's not, you, I don't even know if you write like mental unhealth or something in there. It just feels like, you know, there are people who like struggle with, for example, sleeping or, or stress. We could, we could, so we could solve that with this technique that we have. So it's, it's more, it doesn't feel clinical. It feels more practical. It feels like I'm buying a tool. I'm not buying like medical services. And that's exactly what you're doing when you're buying auntie. And I think that is a big difference. When I was uh, going through a similar or any other uh, services, I think quite a few of them, uh, the pictures they were using in their web pages, they were like gray and, and, and uh, black and white pictures, people staring at the horizon. And I was always saying that. It sounds depressing. <laughs> yes, yes. I was always saying that if you're not depressed before this, you will be when you're looking at those pages. So... So I think that that's one thing that we did uh, differently. Well, okay. So it starts to work in Finland. You go to HR conferences, people are buying from you. You're getting the references up. Your product, your packages are good. The branding seems to work. Uh, what was the second attempt and with abroad, uh, going abroad and, and what were the lessons learned there? We, are, we have been extremely sales-oriented company. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, that actually started when COVID started. Because mm. at that point, uh, we did uh, a lot of our uh, customer meetings online before that already, since or our service, the whole uh, whole service is online as well. At that point, we actually realized that hey, why would not why we wouldn't be selling outside Finland? Because uh, when we are sitting here in Basila, Helsinki, it it's equally easy to to have customer meetings in Norway and Germany. Than, than in in Helsinki, so that's that's how we started uh, trying to get customer meetings outside Finland, and that's how we got first customers outside. But Finland. now you're in a weird situation because your proven method was to go to HR conferences, and COVID hits mean there are no conferences more yeah. or less. So what was this? What was your strategy for reaching out to these these uh, unknown people that didn't know you? Well, what we did actually, this was something that we did more in Finland, and we started this before before COVID, so we're a forerunner uh, in in this. Also, we had our own webinars uh, for HR people, and and of course nowadays everyone has those. But we, I'm so proud of us that we had them before uh, COVID. But yes, uh, that changed uh, our approach. First customers outside Finland, we got like someone knows someone so we got a meeting uh it's it, so it was not like totally cold calling mm. but that uh, that was enough at that point and i think we were also uh 
in the same line with local operators because they couldn't go uh, into the headquarters and meet the people either, or they could uh, go to the uh, HR events since there were not any. So that, that was when we uh, started selling uh, outside Finland again. We already had made the decision to apply for the uh, Finland Young Innovative uh, Companies Program, which mm. is a program for those companies who expand outside Finland. So we already had the decision made that hey, we, want, we want to expand our operations outside Finland, but then COVID hit. I know some, I heard actually, I talked to with some companies and CEOs and they said, that, oh yeah, we're supposed to expand outside Finland, but since the COVID hit, we couldn't do it. And we were like, ah, oh, since the COVID hit, we can do it. <laughs> Yeah, so. I've been hearing the same, like COVID made everything with international sales easier, yeah. not harder. I, yeah. But so how did you find them? Like you had the webinars. How did you get, uh, say, a German HR professional to find your webinar? Well, we use, uh, for us, uh, LinkedIn is, mm. is really important. Uh, so it's it's way better, like Facebook and Instagram. We do those and then we put some stuff out there. But the actual uh, tool for reaching out yeah, uh, HR people is, is LinkedIn because mm. that's the tool that they use when they recruit, find talent to their company and so on. So LinkedIn, uh, I do think in Finland, we've been buying uh, at, at the beginning, we also did buy a list of, of HR people's email addresses, but uh, we haven't uh, been doing that outside Finland. So how did you get this? How did you get the Germans and the and the Norwegians and so on? What did you do to to get them? Work hard. Uh, well, it, it's actually pretty much uh, the the road in outside Finland is is similar like it was in Finland at the very beginning when you start uh, start with uh, no references, uh, no existing customers. And I know, uh, like publicity or not, not a very well known, not a brand that anyone knows. Uh, so it is in that sense, it is similar. Where it is very different, on the other hand, is that it is lower in in uh, in outside Finland. Even though I think it should be, because or of course may feel like it should be, since we already have references, we have a global companies that uh, that people know uh, that use our services so we have public references but still somehow I'd, I'd say that it is way uh, slower to start outside Finland and it is in that sense it is pretty much like like when I was by myself and cold calling and, and people like auntie what, what is that like why do you choose a name like that what do you do and then then it's hang up on you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, so is that, uh, if we go into like, the, I want to go into the, like the techniques, the, the nitty gritty and like the get your hands dirty type of level that, uh, so when, for example, in Norway, did you send emails? Did you send email, uh, like LinkedIn connection requests? Did you call? What was the strategies that were used? Uh, all all of those, uh, on top of that, we used qualifier, a tool called qualifier mm. uh, that sends automatically uh, emails out and, and then when people respond that's when you actually start mm. uh, writing a separate email for them so we used all of them and we used our existing 
like basically like friends and anyone we can think of. And then when we get customers, we do ask them uh, first that if they can be public reference. And then we, uh, we occasionally uh, we do ask also in Finland if the HR people uh, could recommend us to some of their colleagues at, at some other companies. Well, that's clever. So you, I mean, so of course you can do things cold, like you mentioned that you can you can email, you can send LinkedIn requests, you can call, and then also you dig through your network. There was some uh, somebody has said his example was you look in a certain company you want to get to, and you find who is a second rate contact through through LinkedIn, and then you ask your first rate con- first uh, degree contact like, hey, could you introduce me to, uh, you know, Anders uh, Andersson in uh, Norway and see if he can talk with me. Yeah. And, and you use that, but you use that with everybody you know from anybody who like might know anybody in the country. You might even go to third level that you ask for the first, like you can, you just ask your way through yeah. uh, and eventually. And then as you said, you said, you might see in the HR companies, you can ask them, hey, do you know somebody who works in the similar company or maybe your own company a subdivision in Norway? Can we please yeah. connect with that, with them? Yeah. So if you do all these strategies at the same time, you're going to find out what works or not. And and that's yeah. like, it sounds like with you, you need that like public reference for, because the most companies won't trust you. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. But like, you're not from here. I've never heard about you before. Yeah. I, I'm not going to try this. But as yeah. soon as you have one reference in that country, they'd be like, oh, okay, you work with them. Did they like it? All right. Okay. Well, you know, maybe now we can try it. Yeah. And that's actually also one uh, good point that you mentioned using their uh, companies or asking the Finnish companies that we cooperate if they have a subsidiary or a sister company in, uh, outside Finland, that could they introduce us? And usually they can, and that's one way of expanding. Yeah. So maybe what do you have, if you would give yourself some tips, now you are you know doing quite a lot of sales all around the world with you and your team, if you would give yourself advice from, let's say, two years back or something like this, what advice would you give yourself to, to if you, you can do it, you have, you have a time machine, you can go back and you can say, now I will help you with the sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. You go to, you go to Merve two years ago and what would you tell her? What would I? Well, first I will uh, tell her that when you make the budgets, uh, they make them like seven times more than you think. It's always <laughs> so much. So I, that's the number that I hear sometimes that, uh, that going abroad is seven times more expensive than your budget, and it's it's seven more seven times more uh, slower than than you think. And I think that's pretty good number. So, uh, but I don't know if setting targets low would be the right answer. Yeah. So I don't I don't think I would do that. I think that what we did right or what we have done right is is uh, uh putting first uh, the the. Finland uh, side uh, in order, like in, in put to put that in in growth mode, uh, get enough uh, customers. Um, we, now we have like we have subsidiary in, in Norway and mm-hmm. and one soon most likely in Germany, and um, so we have a sales teams for uh, Norway and, and Germany. I don't know if I would do it like one country at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. Hard to tell because, of course, it takes quite a lot of uh, management focus and effort to, to to take two countries at a time, which is, of course, when you talk about, for example, Vault, who takes like countries per week, uh, it's it's different, but but every business is also different. 
So you mentioned that the tool qualifier is there are there any other tools that you use to make your work uh, easier? Uh, yes, we used Vino uh, to to find companies and other. We are uh, that's actually one thing that when a new person starts with on the uh, what they say after a week or two that hey there are so many software that you guys use. Maybe it comes from <clears throat> from my background in IT business that I'm. Uh, uh, IT is, is like a religion for me, so every time there is a problem, I search uh, out if there is a software that could help us. So, but I'm not sure if that's always the best option. Maybe, maybe there are other ways, and I know there are other ways also. But uh, yeah, we use tools. We also use uh, partners. Uh, we used in in Finland a booking office uh, at the at the beginning too. And, and now we used it also in, in Norway and in Germany so that our salespeople would have more time for the sales meeting and negotiations with the customers and not cold calling because we all know that cold calling is, is extremely uh, hard and it gets harder every like year that people don't uh, answer the phone calls and, mm. and in, in uh, some countries it's more only German people are in German people are really aware of a GDPR and, and uh, that hey where do you get my phone number so it's it's a bit different. Well, you have one way qualifier. You use them at least for the sales process. So that yeah. the help, and, and qualify and companies to help you with the cold calling. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good thing. I I like myself also to use. Um, not my own people for that. I don't do much cold calling, but it's more like cold emailing and cold LinkedIn reach out. And um, but it's good to separate those two. That's been like the it's the trend that the same person who will do the the first reach outs are not the same people who will do the like negotiation when it comes to sales, because mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit different skill sets and it, and it's in a way very frustrating to work on the small stuff and trying to reach a hundred people, thousand people, and then you get like this one answer. If you just instead having your whole day having good productive conversations, you you are more you you do better. When it's like that, I would say. Yeah. And actually, I think we participated on three or four events last week. And and I still like I'm a big believer in, in events because then you can meet a lot of people. And, and the people who come there, they already have like a curious mindset that, hey, I want to see what is uh, here, that what people or what companies have to offer. So they, they are good. They're better than cold calling. Yeah, well, that's that's good for a conference as well to put a make a point for that. Are there any tips and tricks you would like to share with people who want to start their growth journey and get their sales in order? What, do you have any tips and tricks for those people? Start selling. If no one is is buying, there's most likely something wrong, either in pricing or in a product. Uh, so you need to know that. The sooner you know that, the the uh, sooner you can put your effort in in the actual productive uh, service or uh, mm. building a better service. So I see selling as, as helping people. And I think in, in our service, it's even easier than, than in, in many other services because we are actually helping people in, with, the, with the service as well. But you are solving some of the problems that they have. Mm. But way too often people see that uh, selling is something that 
scares you or, or you're a bit embarrassed to do it or I don't want to because this is my product. No one's going to buy, buy it anyway. So that's not a good start. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking if you, if you feel embarrassed that you don't want to like talk about it with somebody else and like maybe you're working on the wrong thing because yeah. then you're not helping anybody. You're, you're not doing yeah. anything good. Then, I mean, either you're doing something useful and helpful, then you should tell otherwise. Otherwise, I mean, I, I use this as an exa- example. Uh, what if, uh, what can you, what does your product do to help people? Well, it helps them from like never get, going to burnout or something like this. I think mean, that sounds great. So there are people out there that are going to face burnout because you never told them that you existed. Yeah. yeah. So you, you could say like you, you kind of, you caused <clears throat> that burnout to happen because you didn't sell. Yeah. And so that's, I, I, if, that's your responsibility yeah. to get the word out. So I, I try to use that angle when I talk with people about sales. I think of yourself like that. Then you realize that, oh, well, I got to I gotta tell people about this. And uh, so, yeah, but I, I, I think that's a really good tip to like dare to start selling because it's so important and you will get feedback. Yeah. I call this uh, like plan to fail. Be ready that when you start selling whatever you have, people will not buy it. That's the, that's the default. So then you can figure out what is it that's going wrong because yeah. it's going to go wrong. That's, that's yeah. what's going to happen. So you just need to figure out what it is. And until you sell, you don't know. Yeah, and I think it's always it's better to get a fast no than than a slow maybe because you need the feedback. That's the only like you like it. Of course, it hurts. It hurts when you have the best thing that you are so excited, and then somebody's like, "I would never put a euro in that." I'm like, "Oh my god!" And, yeah, and I put all this time into this. This is yeah. I worked for seven years on this thing, yeah. and you hate it. Yeah. And uh, then, then you go back home and then go under a blanket and cry. <laughs> but yeah, that's all right to do that too for a few minutes. And then you have to suck it up and and, and, and be like uh, true to yourself that, hey, what did go wrong? Is it just the way I presented uh, the stuff or, or is the actual service? I remember at the very beginning, until we actually created a video, and it was really nice. We put all our money in it, and, and uh, we are so happy about it. But uh, it was for consumers, since we were thinking of doing consumer business at the beginning. Uh, so then, the angle was wrong for the yeah. buyer. Yeah. Then yeah. Then when we started going to, I uh, started going to uh, companies. I still loved the video because it was nice, and we had spent all the money on it. So uh, I showed the video at the beginning of the customer meetings. And I, I do remember one of the first customer meetings. There was maybe, I think there was maybe eight HR people because it was a huge company. And then I, I, you know, the moment when you look at the video with them, you see it in, with like different eyes, with different eyes. Oh my God, this is not like oh, anything no. that they want to see, that this is way, way wrong angle. And then, a uh, couple of them you started laughing. And, uh, <coughs> Sorry. I yeah, I was like, oh my God, I hope that UFO would come and take you away. But of course, UFOs never come when you expect them to come. So I had to stand there. I was like, oh, would you like to share if there's like something wrong? If, if why you're laughing? And they were like, no, we're just laughing. Who's going to go to Mr. X or whatever his name was and tell that 
he's gonna go to therapy now. And I was like, oh my god, it's one out here. And yeah. So they, yeah, they're sitting in front wrong. of that whole room of like eight people. Yeah. You got to this big corporation. You finally you have your big break. I'm gonna I finally got a good intro to a big company. <laughs> and then yeah. you notice in the first minutes like, oh my god, I messed up. Yeah, yeah, it was total mess up. And then after that, I called one of my friends who is in sales and uh, she uh, came to have lunch with me and we were sitting in lunch. I was like, Any, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And she was like, oh, well, you're not going to get this deal, but you're going to get some other deal. But within a day, they called me and they took the service. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were laughing because it was so good. Yes, yes, I could say that now. But I think that was the last time I showed the video in the <laughs> in the customer meeting. So so yeah, maybe sometimes and that tax is something that I did a lot at the beginning and that's what they're doing outside Finland now. That what is the message? What is the message that they want to hear? What is the uh, problem? Or how do they talk about the problem that they are solving? And then you have to talk about with the same terms because You have to be solving the actual problems. I hate when uh, entrepreneurs who have maybe failed, they say that, hey, time wasn't right. Like, uh, maybe time is always what it is. And uh, your product can be right or it can be wrong. So I think that's the most pathetic reason of failing is that, hey, the time wasn't ready for a service. Why did you create something that is yeah, out of this world? I, I wait when I started my first business I had was over 10 years ago now but then uh, I, I've been using the same term uh, that the time wasn't right but now as I got an older the service was more or less aimed at uh, families like uh, parents with kids and now I have my own kids and now I realize what and how the service needs to be designed yeah. but at the time I didn't even I didn't even really practically practically talk with the clients not the way that it needs to be talked about I didn't understand the pro I didn't understand where my product fit with the solution I just copied a concept from Sweden that I thought was good because it was selling there so it's like if it sells in Sweden it will sell here but I never really you know figured out what problem are we solving what, what's going on here so uh, I completely agree with you that it it could have worked and it did work uh, I mean I had hundreds of customers at the best point but I didn't never realize why they were buying Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that everybody we learn by by doing stuff and by experimenting. Like even the the mighty Mervi here also had one of her meetings that it didn't go well. They apparently bought it, but it didn't go well, and that has to happen to all of us. Like I think there's no way to learn. There's nobody who goes through this uh, this life of creating something new without having people tell you, "Nah, we don't like it," because it's new. And even and you know even if you sell something old, some people will say, "Well, I don't like it because it's old." Yeah. So yeah, you can never win. There will always be people who gonna, you know, and you learn from that. That okay, yeah. why wasn't it really working? So, well, do you have any other uh, any tip or trick? We, we're soon to round this off, but I wondered you want to end on on something, something that you would like to say to the listeners that they should take with them before we end this call. Well, uh, if you're thinking about founding a company, I think that is a must. What we have to do because if. If you are thinking about it, it will haunt you until you do it. And then, yes, uh, the probabilities are not on your side uh, if you are going to uh, start a startup. But uh, still, yeah, it's it's worth trying. And it is it is like one of the kids. So it's, it's, it is more than a company. 
for you. And that's, of course, what makes things hard when somebody laughs at it. It's like, oh, you're laughing at my kid and, and at me. So it's, it is different. But definitely something that if you think that should I do it, then then you most likely should. Somehow you should try it. Because otherwise the, the, it will just come up again and again. I'm with you. Thank you. I completely agree. Brother Mary, thank you very much for coming and uh, I wish you all the best with the development of uh, Auntie and if you are a company that has maybe a couple of employees and you want to have something to help them not burn out, you should talk with Mary and look at look at Auntie because they can help you. Definitely. Thank you for inviting me here. It was nice to be here. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scale with Sales podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts. So find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Rasmus Basilea and you'll find me there. I'll make it a point to respond to all messages I get. If startup sales and international expansion interests you more, you can find more insights and resources at euroscalers.com. Thank you again for listening.